there is a word of God that God has for us as we continue this series that God has given us, this winter series, 10 messages that God gave us, first five messages, the first part of the series, a dialogue with God, questions that perhaps we have for God. Where were you, God? God, why would you let this happen? We all have been there. Amen. What in the world is going on? When will you return? So God says a dialogue is a two-way street. And for five weeks earlier, God entertained us and our questions. And now God says, I have five questions for you. First question in that first message of the second part was to Adam, where are you? Last week was the second question in which God says, do you trust me? And now this is question number three. And we changed the order on the bookmark to do it on this first Sunday. The book of Malachi is where the subject is found. Amen. Chapter 3 and verses 8 to verse 10. And let me preference this message by saying this is personal. We are not judgmental. This is for you. This is a subject that, quite honestly, I don't preach about often. Uh, but God says it is part of my word and it is a part of my healthy relationship with my people. Amen. And so receive it in the spirit in which the Lord shares it with us this morning. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. And we're reading from the New International Version, which it reads a little different from the King James. But hear the reading of God's word. Verse number eight, God asked the question, will a mere mortal rob God? The King James says, will a man rob God? He goes on and said, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you, God? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse your whole nation because you are robbing me. Then God challenges the nation of Judah, the people of Israel. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. <laughs> Try me, said the Lord of hosts, the King James says. And see if I would not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. Somebody say so much blessing. <laughs> that there will not be room enough to receive it or to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines of your fields, O Israel, will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Verse number 12, then all nations <laughs> will recognize the fact that you are blessed. <laughs> we'll call you blessed. Can I just throw this in before we conclude? Folk are going to know that you are blessed. Mm. You, you don't have to tell them. They, they will know it. Amen. For yours will be a delightsome land, said the Lord Almighty. In the church that loves God's word said amen. amen. A dialogue with God, part two, sermon three, question number three. Put your hands right here on your heart. And this is God talking to you. Amen. God talking to you. Look over at somebody and say, will you rob me? That's what God is asking us. Will you rob me? And the church may be seated. I told the ushers you don't have to worry about the tissues this morning. 
Amen. I don't have to worry about folks shouting all on your feet. I'm glad y'all have already shouted. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, don't you dare tip out. God has a word for all of us. Amen. Listen, it is said, and I wholeheartedly agree with this statement, that you can tell what someone's passions are. You can tell what someone's priorities are simply by taking note of what they spend their money on. I'm preaching to someone now. Listen to this. You can tell what someone loves by looking at how they spend their money. Amen. A very wise person once said to me a long time ago, it says, son, you can tell more about a person by examining their checkbook or for the 2018, their debit accounts than their resumes. You can put whatever you want on your resume. You can make yourself look good. Folk make up stuff. That's why I throw most resumes in the trash. Because you can be whatever you want. You can get doctoral degrees from some paid internet website. And you can be as accomplished as whatever you say you are. But if you really want to examine a person's passions, you really want to understand their priorities, look at their bank account. Look at their checkbook. Look at their debit account. You know by looking at some folk bank account and debit cards that they like to eat. <laughs> Am I right about it? You, you, Ruby Tuesdays, Applebee's, Chipotle, Waffle House, IHOP, Red Lobster, Olive Garden. <laughs> I'm preaching now. I mean, they don't have to tell me a thing, but just look at that and you say, this, this person likes to eat. Amen. You can tell by looking at some folks' account that they love to shop. They don't have to open their mouth to you, but just show you their account. And you can see that they're in love with somebody called Macy's. And they really think a lot of something called belts and dillets. Can I preach? And express. And Banana Republic, whatever, whatever it is. You can look at it. And for 2018... Amazon. Amen. Just by a touch and, and a, a, a sin, you can order just about anything you want. And you can look there and you can tell a whole lot about folk. Amen. I use my wife as an example. I've got a better one at 11 for you, baby. If you, if you look at my wife's account, you know she loves flowers. And you know that she loves Macy's too, okay? <laughs> and belts. But she loves flowers, Deacon Parker. And because I look at the baby, what is all of this? I had to go get some new flowers. I say, again? And if you look at my account, you can tell I care nothing for flowers. Amen. And, and rarely I do one day of the week, Valentine's Day. But you can look at my account and says he loves his granddaughter. Gymnastics. All kind of stuff. Whatever it is. You, that man loves his granddaughter because my money reflects that. Some of y'all, don't y'all look at me judging me because y'all the same way. Come on somebody. I can look at you and tell what you like. Hey man. Some of you love to dress, and you love to be fashionable, and you love Louis and 
whatever else, uh, knockoffs, uh, flea markets. Uh, I ain't judging you because I'm a big fan of knockoffs. Why pay the whole price when you can look just as good for half the price? Amen. <laughs> I just told y'all something about me. Amen. <laughs> and so you, you know that. I know my good deacon over the military service, the greatest dressing deacon at Bible Way. Deacon Melton is a dresser. You don't have to tell me nothing. He come in and do those hands like that, and I see those cuff links. And I see that tie, and I say, Mother Melton, he's looking good. Amen. You can tell he's a dresser. Then I've got a nephew, and I, he was probably here at eight. He's not here. Roy Wiggins II. If you look at him, you can tell he don't care too much about clothes. We tell him, Roy, we got an event, dress up. He's going to get his warm-up suit that's the least wrinkle one. <laughs> All of them are wrinkled. He just find the one that has the least amount of wrinkles. And I said, man, I thought I told you to dress up. He said, Uncle Darrell, I am dressed up. This one don't have as many wrinkles. <laughs> and so we know how folk are by how they spend their money. Can I preach? Listen to what Jesus says in St. Matthew's chapter 6 and verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Amen? We know where your heart is because your money follows your passion. Your money follows uh, your priorities and your commitment. The question is, I can look at your account and know that you love food. I can look at your account and know that you love the shop, that you love flowers, that you love your grandchildren. But can I look at your account and know that you love Jesus? Please don't get quiet on me now. Can someone look at your transactions and say, this person loves the Lord? Uh, you can tell because their resources followed their passions. Just like no one should have to force or shame a person to give something to someone they love and appreciate. Same can be said if we love and appreciate the Lord. That's why I don't believe in public shaming. I don't believe in having lines of $1,000, $500, $100, because see, that's only a spectacle for people to see. And if the only way you give is somebody shame you into giving, shame on you. If, if, if all you give is so that you can be seen giving, shame. On you. Because the greatest gift is not always the greatest amount. The widow gave just a little bit, and it was the only offering in the New Testament that Jesus made reference to, Pastor Bradley. And so if you love the Lord, if you love somebody, you don't have to shame them, you don't have to coerce them, you don't have to force them to do that. No one had to coerce, force, or shame my wife and I to raise our sons. And even when we didn't have, we gave. I remember vividly, mother, and you know this, I know my sister, Thea, and my brothers remember this. Uh, Mac perhaps was a little too young, uh, but we didn't have much growing up. My parents sacrificed all they had, and the highlight of our day sometimes, every now and then, there was a restaurant uh, in Five Points called Jean's Pick and Chick. Some of you are old enough to know about that. It preceded the McDonald's and the Burger Kings, and they sold hamburgers and french fries and milkshakes. And, and every now and then, a couple times in the year, dad and mom would treat us. And I remember vividly this because I was older, Deacon Kennedy, and we went there, and, and they were, it took so long to order, I didn't understand, but they were counting their pennies. They were trying to decide what they wanted. 
And we were all in the back, and they had already said, okay, you can get a hamburger, share some french fries, but no milkshake. And we had a fit because we wanted strawberry, chocolate, and a vanilla milkshake. And I remember dad and mom talked, and they said, okay, go ahead and get it. And so they gave us everything we asked for. Then I noticed they had nothing. They were in the front seat of the car with nothing to eat. And I looked at them and says, you all don't want to eat. And dad looked at mom and they said, it's okay, we're not that hungry. But when I got older, Deacon Clarence, what I realized is that they loved their children so much that they sacrificed and gave them everything, even if it hurt them. Nobody had to make them treat us that way. But love will allow you to do things that folk that don't love you will never understand. Listen, our giving should reflect our commitment as well as our love and gratitude to the Lord, our God. If you really love God, you ought to be committed to him. If you really love God, you ought to show him sometime. If you really uh, are committed to God, then you ought to treat God as God has treated you. May I preach to you this morning? If we have that relationship with God, we need to look back over our lives and say, who woke me up this morning? Who put food on my table? clothes on my back when we did not know how we would make ends meet God made a way somehow some of you are fortunate that you raised generations of family members and children as well as grandchildren and when you look back over your life it ought to reflect the love that you have of God nobody's got to make you do it in fact, folk ought to tell you, ought not do so much. I, I remember, and I, let me share this before I get into the text, and I verified this this morning with Sal, my cousin, uh, who remembered this story. Uh, when, when the church first started, Bishop Jackson would often tell these heart-wrenching stories and testimonies about how we were able to do what we had to do. And we started out with 13 members, didn't have much. No bank would touch us. Nobody would lend any money. And, and Bishop would tell uh, the members all the time, uh, don't rob God, give God what is his. And I remember they used to have what they had in that day called rallies anniversary rallies. Mother Lord used to keep a tablet, Sister Rose, with all the names on there. And I remember saying to Bishop, I see that consistently the widows and the mothers, they were always there. The Mother Anderson's, uh, Maggie and Mother Josephine and Mother English, Mother Lord and all of them. But even prior to them, Dad would say this. He says, let me tell y'all a story of what this ministry was based and built on. And, and this touched my heart. He said, there was a mother, Idella Thompson, who lived in Arthurtown on Sugar Hill Lane. Mother Thompson's husband died uh, while she was still a relatively young woman. She had no social security. Uh, she had no disability check. She had nothing to come in. So she opened a little candy and bread and milk store on Sugar Hill Lane. And that supported her. That kept her. Uh, and dad says Mother Thompson had a jar right there on the counter. And every dollar she made in that store. She would cash the dollar and put a dime in the jar. And when it was time uh, to build the church and for the offerings and the tithe, Dad said Mother Thompson didn't have a checkbook. She didn't have a debit card. But she would come and she would say, uh, Pastor, uh, I, I need to bring my offering. And she would bring three and four jars of dimes and she would just empty them right there and dad would say mother you don't have to do that let us take care of you and she said to him son don't stop my blessings because I may not ever be a millionaire but every morning God wakes me up and 
and every day God clothed me and every evening I eat food and so I owe God a blessing. Thank God Mother Idella Thompson passions were demonstrated with her gratitude to the Lord. And the Lord said to me, Darrell, remind the 2018 congregation that when you close your eyes and go to glory, you're going to stand up next to a mother, Idella Thompson, who wasn't a principal or a teacher or wasn't a counselor or a truck driver, wasn't somebody who had this or that. But all she had, she gave what she had to the Lord. God blessed her faithfulness. And I'm here to tell you that your gratitude to God ought to be on display. You don't have to publicize what you give. Amen. But you've got to go to bed and close your eyes at night and say, I have not robbed God. I, I, I have not robbed God. Uh, Mother King, your mother and your dad mortgaged their house so that the church can build its first building. And God told me, son, I don't care how well off you are. You've got to stand up against the testimony of Deacon English and Mother English and those folk who loved me so much that nothing was off limits to them. How many of you are so appreciative of what God has done? I just want to make sure I'm in the right church. Are there any grateful folk in here that says, God, if it had not been for your mercies that are renewed every morning, I would not be here. So forget about this outfit. Forget about your pocketbook. Forget about your brand new shoes, the car in the parking lot. Forget about your wonderful house that you live in your wonderful community. And think back over your life. And if the enemy had his way, you would not be here now. Now this is not for everybody, but for everybody that know it was God that made it possible for me to have everything I have. You've got 10 seconds to give him your best. Ooh. Look at somebody as you take your seat and say, if you only knew my story. Ooh. Many of us was raised on the other side of the track. We had people who sold chicken feet and fat back uh, just so that you can be where you are now. Don't you ever get so full of yourself or so uh, conceited and, and so lifted up that you think you made it on your own because uh, the higher you go, the harder you fall. And if God was to withheld his hands from you, if God was to take back his grace and mercy, we see what God has done, but what we don't know is what God prevented in our life. What we don't know are those killer demons that God blocked that never made it to your address. What you don't know are those young people that intended to kill your son and daughter. What God? Somebody ought to say, but God, listen, that's why I told him, don't y'all shout too much on my time. I wanted to preach this. I had to cut off the praise because I didn't want to rush this. Listen to the text. May I preach this? In the text, let us examine what God says concerning his expectations of us and particularly the nation of Judah, the people of Israel, concerning their giving. Allow me to set it up in its proper context. Our text is recorded by the prophet Malachi during a very interesting time in the life of Judah, the people of God. Final book of the Old Testament. This was an interesting time because God had shifted from persecution and captivity to prosperity and blessings. It is a dialogue between God and the people of Israel. 
through the intermediary known as the prophet Malachi. God opens chapter 1 by saying, you ask me, do I love you? Oh, sons of Jacob and Esau, I love you. Sons of Isaac, you would not be here if I did not love you. Now listen to the time. For they had just been released from captivity less than 100 years ago. In fact, in 538 B.C., Cyrus, the king of Persia, who defeated their enemies. Let me show you what God can do. Judah, the people of Israel, were taken into captivity around 576 or so B.C. by the Babylonians. They had lost their spirit to worship. They were so depressed uh, that they, they could not even worship God. In fact, Psalms 137 is a reflection of their attitude. Uh, the psalmist says, they that took us into captivity required of us one of the sons of Zion. But we responded and says, how can we sing the Lord's song? In a strange land, they hung their musical instruments on the willow tree. But God says, just because you're in a place, it doesn't mean it's your destination. Anybody know that what you're going through is not your destination? God takes us there for a reason. And so God knew that the people of Judah did not have the strength to liberate themselves. So look at God. God raises up an enemy of their enemy to defeat those who held them in captivity. Let me say that again. God raised up an enemy of their enemy to defeat their enemy and their enemy's enemy set them free. You'll catch it tomorrow. But God, God is the only one who tells us, stand still. You have no need to fight this fight. For the battle is not yours, but God. And so in 539 B.C., Cyrus, the king of Persia, who just defeated the Babylonians, issued a decree saying all of those of the household of Israel shall be set free and they are allowed to go back to their homeland. 538 B.C., the exodus uh, from Babylon, the exiles begin to leave Babylon to go back to Israel. They went back in uh, 538, beginning in 537 B.C. to 516 B.C., they worked on the temple, and the temple was completed. Thank you, Ezra. The prophetic voice of God had been restored to the temple. God sent Nehemiah back from captivity. And for four years, Nehemiah stood on the wall and built the wall. And when his critics says, why don't you come down? You'll never finish the wall. He says, I'm doing a good work. And I can't come down. God raised up Zerubbabel uh, to govern the nation. And God says, Zerubbabel, the governor of Israel now, oversee the prosperity Theologians, historians call this the dawning of a new day among Israel. In other words, God says, let me remind you what I reminded your ancestors of. In the book of Joshua chapter 24 and verse 13, the New King James Version, God says this, I have given you a land for which you did not labor for. Good God Almighty, I have given you cities or towns in which you did not build. I have given you vineyards to eat out of and olive gardens 
which you did not plant. In other words, I want you to know that when you had nothing to your name, I gave you other people's land. I gave you others' vineyards. I gave you food you didn't have to labor for. You had nothing. You were broke, busted, and disgusted. I broke the, the bondage of your adversary. Raise up an enemy of your enemy. Set you home free. Put you in a place of prosperity. Turn your situation around. I wish I had just a handful of folk that know God has turned your situation around. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you picked the wrong Sunday to sit by me because I'm not what I look like and I don't look like what I've been through. Look at somebody and say, I am one blessed somebody. Yeah, yeah, I, I want you to hear this. I want to challenge us. God reminded these people that they had hit rock bottom until God stepped in. And now God turned their situation around. However, and regrettably, they got full of themselves. Mm, they forgot the Lord of their deliverance. Can I preach to somebody? Every time you swipe that card at Macy's, you ought to know who made it possible. Every time you buy groceries from Bilo, Food Line, Public, Whole Foods, Fresh Market, wherever you go, you ought to know what God has done. Every milk you buy, bread you buy, bananas you buy, apples you buy, grits you cook on your stove, fried chicken you fry, you ought to know what God has done for you. Thank God for the old church who gave God credit, Pastor Bradley, for every good thing in their life. Is there anybody know that I wouldn't have anything if it had not been for the Lord? And so God says, I gave you so much. I, I, I made ways. And every time your enemy came against you, I lifted up a standard Woo! against your enemy. Somebody ought to just thank God for a healthy mind. You ought to just thank God that you're not somewhere where somebody is taking care of you. Ah, y'all excuse me. I, I thank God that he kept your family in perfect peace. That when the enemy tried to destroy your family through mental illness and drug addiction and everything else, God lifted up a standard and God said, you can touch them, but you can't destroy them. I, some, somebody ought to help me praise God because everything the enemy touched, God would not allow the enemy to destroy your family. And the only reason you are here today is because God has been good to you. Take two minutes to give God your best praise. Don't excuse me. Antoine, you're the answer to prayers. DJ, you're the answer to prayers. The enemy still wants you, but I remind the devil, if God did it then, God can do it again. Oh, y'all, excuse me. I didn't mean to preach this hard. Let me get Take, take 30 seconds to think of one thing that only God did for you and give God from the depths of your belly your best prayer.
And so we arrive at the text. <laughs> we arrive at the text. God says to Judah, will a mere mortal that I've done so much for, will you rob me? Israel, considering all that I've done for you, will you rob me? Note how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, should people cheat God? <laughs> should we cheat God? God says, because here's what you already know. I established this with your ancestors. In the book of Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30, I declared that the tithe was holy and it belonged to him. In other words, God says, I'll give you 100% of what you have. And your 100% may not be as great as somebody else, but it's yours. And God says, I, I entrust you with all that you have. And out of that 100%, I only required and asked of you if that if you will return unto me a tenth, a tenth of what I've given you and take the 90 and live off it. And by the way, I'll bless the 90 that you won't even miss the 10th. Somebody just caught it. Somebody just caught it. So I'm not calling, I, I wouldn't dare shame anybody, but I want you to know that I wouldn't go to work every day and rob God. I couldn't come to church and dance, dance, dance all night and rob God. I couldn't preach and sit up here and call myself a minister or an elder and rob God. I couldn't wear a badge as a deacon. I couldn't sing a song as a choir member. I couldn't even play an instrument and rob God because God has been good to me. Your hands belong to God. Here's how the old church put it. When you see me walking right, when you see me living right, when you see me doing my best, it is God that used me. He used my hands. Didn't he send glory to the church to do the working with? I'm here to tell you that you don't have a job. You call it what you want, my job, going to my, no, you don't have a job. You are privileged and highly favored and blessed that God allows you to go to some place to earn a living that God made possible. Woo. And so, back to the text. God says, I'm not even waiting on you to answer my question. I'll answer it for you. You've robbed me. New Living says, you've cheated me. You've cheated me and robbed me in tithing and offerings. And God said, don't think these blessings are going to last always. Because let me tell you what happens when you cheat God. You may get by for a while. But you're curse with a curse. It all begins to fall apart. Things that you thought would be there forever begins to deteriorate. And you'll wonder, why can't I ever make ends meet? There are holes in your pocket. No matter what you spend it on, it'll never be enough. Nobody can love you enough. No relationship is good enough. Nothing is good. Why? Because you're a curse with a curse simply because you've robbed me. But thanks be to God, he does not end the dialogue on a negative note. <laughs> thanks be to God that God reminds us of how things can be. Verses 10, 11, and 12, God challenges them with this conclusion. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse 
that there may be food in my house. And this is the only way in the Bible where I've seen where God tells us to put him to the test. And God says, try me. Uh, the Living Translation says, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. And see if I would not open up for you. The windows, or this is the translation I like, the floodgates of heaven. And I am going to pour you out so many blessings that you will not have room enough to receive it. I will do as I promised in Deuteronomy 28. And I said that I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the fields. I'll bless you going in. I'll bless you coming out. And all of these blessings shall overtake you. How many of you know that God's got a blessing with your name on it? I'll open the floodgates of heaven and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Touch your neighbor and say your family will not be destroyed. God has promised you. And all nations and all people shall call you blessed. And you will be a delightful land, said the Lord of hosts. Stand to your feet all over this place. God says, if you trust me with your giving, and it's never too late to start, if you trust me with what I've asked you to do, then watch me and see what, what the Lord can do. There's some blessings in here that you don't even know that God's going to bless you with. I'm going to tell you a story. I, I told it at 11. Pastor Mag is, uh, uh, Mac told me this. Uh, one of our dear couples, Deacon and his wife, called to Pastor Mag and says, tell Pastor Jackson that the prophetic word of God came true. Amen. The wife was in an accident and could not work. And they were struggling to make it. But he says, we never stop trusting God with our tithe. Even during difficulty, we never robbed God. He says, and the other day, we went to the mail unexpectedly, not knowing if anything would ever be there. And we opened the envelope, and to our amazement and surprise, there was a check made out for $100,000. This is not a made-up story. This is not even a Bible story. This is a Bible way story. Woo! $100,000. He said, I closed it and tears ran down his eyes. And God says, I told you I've got your back. I told you that I won't ever let you down. And no matter how tough it is, God's going to open the floodgates of heaven. And in somebody's life before 2018 is over, it's going to rain. It's going to rain now, blessings. And for the record, I don't tell you this because it benefits me. I don't get a percentage of the tithe. No matter how high the tithe of Bible way is, it doesn't change what I get from the church. I want it to be consistent. And for the record, I even told the Lord, I want to preach to you not knowing what you give individually. So I don't look at the names of the biggest givers. Because all of you are equal to me. And if God's got a word to challenge you, it's not because I know your business. It's because God knows your business. And I'm hearing God say, I turn it around because I'm going to open <laughs> the floodgates of heaven. Woo! Grab somebody by the hand before you come to this altar. Hold those hands and 
shake it, shake it, shake it. I said, neighbor, God is about to do something. If you remain faithful, God's going to open the floodgates of heaven. You're going to get jobs you didn't apply for. Checks you never thought would come. God will bless your health and your wealth. God will do things for you that only God can do. Let it rain. Come on. Saint TJ. Meet me at this altar. Come on. Meet me at this altar. Let it rain. Let it rain. Woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let it rain. Yeah, yeah. Open. The floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Oh, yeah. Let it rain. Open. Come on, Bible way. Get ready. Let it. Get it ready to open the Let it rain. Let it rain. Lord, what we want you to do. and lift those hands to it. me in this and put me to the test concerning this says the Lord of hosts if I were not open for you whew, the floodgates of heaven these are not my words these are God's words and I will pour you out such blessings that there would not be room enough to receive it. Your children are wondering why they get jobs. It's because they come from blessed seeds. Ooh. That's why they pass tests in school. That's why God blessed them with more than enough. And I will rebuke the enemy for your sake. Woo. And the enemy will not destroy that which comes out of you. Woo. That's what God says. I'm here to tell you. You don't have to rob God to make ends meet. Amen. Trust God. God said, trust me. Here's our challenge. For the rest of this month, even if you haven't always been faithful, 
I need you to put God to the test. Tell God, starting right now, a tenth of all that I have. See, to God, it really doesn't matter if, if your tenth is 10110 or one dollar. Mother Idella Thompson from Sugar Hill Lane brought God a jar full of dimes and pennies. And I remember dad said, and when she died, Mother King, dad said all he could do is stand over her and say, what a virtuous woman. Somebody who could have given up, her husband died, left her with nothing. But she gave God the first dime out of every dollar she made in that little candy store of hers. And when you walk on the campus of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, a campus with over 130 acres of land and 22 buildings, it is not because Daryl Jackson is your pastor. It is because the mother Idella Thompson's trusted God with dimes, nickels, and pennies. Woo. And I want you to be blessed, and I want you to be blessed. And God says, tell them, if you trust me, I'll bless you. I'll bless your family. I'll bless your jobs. I'll bless your business. I'll bless your career. And whatever you touch, the Lord says, I'll bless you. Amen. Come on and tell them one more time, teacher. Open, open, open. Just wave those hands in the air. Let it. To every young person in here without a job, don't you feel left out? You can tithe your time. Amen. You don't have to have a job, but you can tell the Lord, I'll give you a tenth of my time. I'll work with youth ministry and children's ministry, and I'll, and, and, and I'll give you my service. Listen, several years ago, we printed this card. Indulge me for a moment and we'll pray. It's called I Tithe. And we printed it with the scripture on one side. And on the other side, it lists the blessings of God. We printed it so you can put it in your wallet. I think it was four or five years ago. I have one in my checkbook. I have one in my wallet. I put one in my desk where I prepare sermons. And God says, I want to be reminded that I've entered into a covenant relationship with God. God says, this is what I'll do for you. We've reprinted it for you, and we're going to give it to you today. Ushers will have it for you. And I just want you to keep it. Put it in your pocket, pocketbook. Take it to work with you. And let God remind you of his covenant relationship. And then you come back and tell me God has let you down. And you will see what God has done. God says there's some blessings you can shout over. But there's some blessings you don't even know about that I've done on your behalf. Is there anybody in here that's ready to accept God's challenge? And it starts with me. I accept it, Lord. I told God I accept it. One thing I've learned... And I've seen this in the life of Bill Gates and others. That it seems like they give away so much. They Warren Buffett and the others give away so much. And God says, that is the key. You've got to be so blessed that you're not in love with your blessings more than you're in love with he who blesses you. Amen. And watch God turn your situation around. Put your arms around somebody's shoulders. 
Look over at somebody and say, I accept this challenge. We'll never call your name. And I don't care who you are. I've made it a policy. If you write this check, a million dollar check, we'll never call your name. If you give one dollar to the Lord, you are just as significant. Because if you're in it to get your name called, then you're using God. And God says, I won't participate in your petty games. But if you're in it just to bless God, and nobody ever has to know how faithful you are but God. Because at the end of the day, Pastor Jackson cannot bless you. God can bless you. Amen. So look at somebody and say, get ready. Prophetic word. By the end of 2018, somebody in here, somebody else, and I say this with true conviction, will also get a blessing that you were not expecting. And God says, watch and see what I do. Tell somebody that could be you. But I'll praise God in advance. I don't have to wait until I see it. Somebody order from the Shabbat, from the depths of your belly, give God a praise over. It takes a relationship with God to trust him with your resources. And if you're not where you are with God, this is more important than your money. And that is your soul. Amen. God wants to give you an opportunity to just come and commit your life to the Lord right here this day. After this prayer, you meet us here at this altar. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you. I've done what you've asked me to do on this first Sunday in December. I've challenged all of us from every preacher to every deacon to every choir member to every usher to the newest member to that young college student with no money and you can tithe your time to helping somebody else in need. I've done what you've asked me to do. Now we are watching and waiting knowing that you will keep your word. Bless in this city. Bless in the country. Bless going in. Bless coming out. Lord, I pronounce in the atmosphere over this congregation, over those that are viewing by way of internet, listening by way of radio, that the blessings of God shall overtake them. This is our prayer. We ask in your name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, I trust God that he'll open it. Open if you want to make that commitment to the Lord. Let it. Let it rain. And wants to commit their life to the Lord. We ask that you stay down front. Somebody wants to receive salvation. Somebody may want to be baptized. Amen. Look, come on, give God a praise for these souls that are down front. They said, I want to commit my life to the Lord. Yes. Come on, preachers, let's 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 go Let with them. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at them; they're still coming. Give God a praise. Maybe there's somebody else that says, "I accept the challenge to receive salvation." God, I accept that challenge. Open the floodgates. Okay, come on, give God a praise for this young lady. Come on, they're still coming, they're still coming. Let's celebrate, let's celebrate. These are souls, amen. Yeah, yeah, let it rain. Is there somebody else that want to commit their life to the Lord? Yes, Lord. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Look at all these young people. 
Come on, give God a praise. Oh, There's somebody else that said, Lord, I commit my life to you. Oh, Come on, preachers, we need you. Amen. Nobody should I be alone. Our preacher should be with everybody up at this altar. Come on, they're still coming. They're still coming. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Oh, I feel the rain. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, I Jesus. I feel the rain. I feel the rain. Oh, I feel the rain. Yeah. Give God a praise for oh, all of them. Let's take them in the back. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's celebrate. Look at all of these souls. Oh, Lord, let's celebrate let them, all of them. Open. Look at all these young people. Come on, let's celebrate them. Lord, let, let it, it rain. rain. Let it rain. Oh, Lord, let it rain. Give God a praise. Amen. As you take your seat, amen, you may be seated.